Welcome to my podcast. I know that intros suck as much as advertising and the constant begging for money, so no stupid melody here. Also, I'm going to speak as fast as possible and steal as little of your time as possible. Now get your bugs and settle in. I have something to talk about. The current world governance framework is heavily engaged in influencing public perception and decision-making processes. This influence is aimed at reducing individual autonomy, and it primarily promotes three key states of being. Firstly, there's a focus on inducing forgetfulness or memory loss, amnesia. Secondly, the system encourages a diminished sense of individual willpower, known as weakened volition, abulia. Lastly, it cultivates a general disinterest in critical events that are essential for one's personal health and societal engagement, termed as widespread indifference or apathy. In this context, despite his self-perceived intellectual capabilities, the contemporary individual increasingly displays these traits. This growing prevalence of such psychological states is seen as essential by certain influential groups for the establishment of a unified global management structure. In the realm of mind influence, I regard myself as moderately informed on this subject. A particularly sophisticated method employed is the covert deployment of sacred and symbolic imagery. Each day, individuals are besieged by an array of esoteric symbolic motifs that permeate various facets of daily life. These symbols manifest in a multitude of forms. The striking visuals in advertising, the dynamic imagery of film, the intricate designs of architecture, the icons on currency, and the badges of law enforcement and military. They are woven into the fabric of corporate branding and extend far beyond. There's a German proverb, den Teufel an die Wand malen, which translates to painting the devil on the wall. This phrase aptly metaphorizes the concept we are about to explore, signifying the tangible representation of an abstract idea or fear. This episode delves into the underlying intentions behind this clandestine use of symbolism in our contemporary world. It posits that such use of symbolism serves as a tool of psychological warfare, a silent battle waged against humanity by a secretive elite with a deep fascination for the occult. Symbols function as a language, not just addressing the conscious mind, but engaging the full spectrum of human consciousness. They act as a means of communication that resonates with the subconscious, subtly influencing thoughts and behaviors. The term logo, or its root logos, originates from the Greek lego, meaning I speak. This etymology highlights how symbols communicate with us, not through spoken words, but as a visual language. It's important to note that while symbolism can technically encompass sounds and gestures, the focus here is specifically on symbolism as expressed through visual means. Symbolism is often associated with the enigmatic and secretive imagery of elusive groups. However, rather than being merely secretive, it's more apt to consider these symbols as shrouded or cloaked. Esoteric symbols act as conduits of information and influence, Extending beyond the realm of our conscious awareness, they penetrate into the deeper layers of our psyche, functioning like a psychological Trojan horse. This form of symbolism does not just present information, it embeds itself in the subconscious, subtly shaping thoughts and perceptions from within. The typical individual often lacks awareness of occult symbolic archetypes, yet as noted by various mystic philosophers and modern psychologists, these symbols can exert a significant influence on an unaware mind. When used covertly, such symbolism becomes a devious coded language, crafted to provoke basic human instincts, fuel destructive and impulsive behaviors, and stir various discordant impulses that clash with one's higher conscious self. 
The relentless bombardment of these subliminal messages intensifies their impact, thereby hindering personal spiritual growth and, on a broader scale, impeding the collective spiritual evolution of humanity. The concept of symbol transference suggests the presence of inherited memories within us, linking us to ancestral experiences with certain symbolic archetypes. These symbols might have once held sacred value, been objects of reverence, or represented oppressive entities that were sources of fear in past eras. These symbols resonate energetically with our unconscious minds, subtly drawing us towards them. This phenomenon is particularly evident in advertising, where certain products and services employ specific symbolic motifs that subconsciously align with desired emotions or mental states. This strategic use of symbols can enhance the appeal of these goods or services. The juxtaposition of our once sacred archetypes with the mundane nature of modern products, under the guidance of corporations with questionable motives, devalues our spiritual heritage and deepens the divide between contemporary humanity and its mystical origins. Symbols that were once vessels of profound wisdom and spiritual truth are now repurposed for shallow consumerism and entwined with corrupt authoritarian agendas. This shift contributes to a growing disconnect between mankind and its ancestral legacy, effectively deepening our collective amnesia regarding our past. The elite, who hold knowledge of humanity's true historical narrative, may conceal or distort this knowledge to shape public perception and maintain certain power dynamics. They could potentially invoke deep-rooted ancestral emotions and manipulate these emotions using specific symbolic archetypes with historical significance, furthering their control over the collective psyche. By selecting symbols historically linked to oppressive regimes or authoritative powers, the elite might repurpose these archetypes to reinforce their own authoritarian image. It's noteworthy that symbols can impact the subconscious without necessarily having a historical background. To illustrate this, in the ancient art of dark sorcery, the use of sigils is prominent. A sigil is a visual representation of a magician's desired outcome, a symbol imbued with the intentional energy of its creator. The elite could theoretically use specific intentions to charge a symbol with a distinct energy, possibly one that evokes fear, represents an intimidating authority, or signifies a malevolent force. This process could compromise the viewer's inner power through their subconscious connection with the symbol. Such tactics could be employed to strengthen the influence of external authority, symbolic of the occult ruling class. This results in a manufactured state of weakened volition, abulia, contributing to the maintenance of the prevailing control system. This method acts like a visual incantation or spell, cast pictorially to reinforce the mainstream narrative. It could have a hypnotic effect on the unsuspecting masses, further anchoring them to the accepted societal framework. In these ways, through both archetypal transference and the dark magic practice of sigil creation, the occult elite potentially harnesses these methods to shape and maintain societal paradigms. The ubiquitous and escalating proliferation of symbols in our modern landscape, particularly in mainstream culture, suggests that these symbols are a key component in a broad array of techniques employed for mass mind influence. It has also been posited that the use of such symbolism is an expression of megalomania driven by ego, where the elite assert their supremacy. This assertion is not just a message to their peers, but also a subliminal declaration to the collective subconscious of the masses, functioning as a symbolic assertion of dominance. This approach can be viewed as a form of psychological warfare, 
almost mocking in nature, as it plays on the ignorance of the masses regarding the true meanings behind these symbols. The predatory nature of this mockery becomes apparent when one realizes that many symbols often clandestinely signify the antithesis of what is publicly understood. A prime example is the hammer and sickle emblem on the former Soviet Union flag, commonly interpreted as representing the unity and strength of the working class combining industrial and agricultural workers this symbol is perceived as an emblem of a utopian society where resources and responsibilities are equally shared. However, delving into the occult interpretation of this symbol, which predates the Soviet era, unveils a different narrative. The sickle is associated with Saturn, or Kronos, known as the Demiurge. In mythology, Kronos used his sickle to separate the earthly realm from the divine, symbolizing a detachment from the celestial. Saturn, as the Demiurge, is considered the architect of the material world, especially after its disconnection from the divine. This symbolism aligns with the aspirations of the elite who seek dominion over the material world, mirroring Saturn's rule over the vibratory nature of physical matter. This interpretation casts the official meaning of unity and utopia, as represented by the hammer and sickle, in stark contrast to its occult counterpart, a symbol of division and dystopia, the polar opposite in meaning. Viewed in this context, the misuse of these symbols appears as a grim mockery of those unaware of their deeper meanings and as a tactic in psychological warfare. Considering the widespread instances of induced forgetfulness, weakened volition, and apathy in society, it's evident that a form of mass hypnosis and conditioning is at play, with symbols playing a significant role. However, their purpose transcends mere psychological manipulation and ventures into the territory of engineered consent. This consent is cultivated through the calculated disclosure of the occult elite's methods. A concept often missed by alternative media is the revelation of the method, an occult philosophy where the elite intentionally expose their influence and actions in the world. This disclosure is thought to protect them from the repercussions of universal laws as they believe revealing their actions mitigates karmic consequences. To grasp the concept of revelation of the method, particularly its manifestation through covert symbolism, it is crucial to first comprehend the disparity in knowledge between the elite and the general populace, which in turn creates a significant power imbalance. The elite have shaped the dominant societal paradigm by withholding esoteric knowledge about the intricacies of human consciousness and its connection to the universal natural laws. They possess and act upon this profound understanding, while simultaneously promoting a public narrative that is limited, misleading, and disempowering. This disparity in understanding enables them to manipulate natural laws to their benefit, leveraging this knowledge for their own ends. We understand that natural law is constant and ever-present. It dictates that every sentient being has free will, the liberty to make choices regarding their actions. However, with this freedom comes accountability for the consequences of these actions. Natural law then can be viewed as the spiritual principles that govern the consequences of actions undertaken by sentient beings. When one infringes upon the free will of another without their explicit consent, they inevitably attract negative repercussions from the universe. These consequences are inescapable, regardless of one's position or power. The effects of such infringements might not be immediate or obvious, particularly from our limited perception in the physical realm. 
However, the universal law ensures that these consequences do manifest, maintaining the cosmic balance and the integrity of free will. Despite their efforts, the elite cannot escape the inevitability of universal consequences which likely frustrates them, given their psychopathic tendencies. They have, however, developed methods to mitigate these effects. One key strategy to avoid direct responsibility for violating free will is to manipulate others into acting on their behalf. This is evident in various aspects of societal and global dynamics. For instance, in warfare, it is not the ruling elite who engage in direct combat. Instead, soldiers on the battlefield carry out the acts of violence, often believing they are following justifiable orders. Similarly, the elite are not the ones forcing people to stay in lockdown or administering vaccines. It is individuals following a chain of command who execute these actions, often relinquishing their inherent autonomy in favor of obeying an external authority. This passive, unquestioning participation in a system that fundamentally opposes life and freedom is seen by the elite as implicit consent to their authority and actions. From their viewpoint, they are not directly infringing upon free will. Rather, it is those who willingly comply with and enact these directives under the guise of a justified authority who are breaching natural law. Through the revelation of the method, the dark occultists aim to further protect themselves from the karmic repercussions they would face if they directly violated the masses' free will. By revealing their methods and intentions, albeit subtly or symbolically, they shift the burden of responsibility onto those who choose to participate in their system, thereby attempting to absolve themselves from the consequences of their actions. The elite have ambitions to establish a new world order, seeking absolute dominion over the physical realm. For this to be achieved sustainably, without incurring eventual retribution, they need to secure the tacit consent of the populace. They employ symbols, among other methods, to subtly disclose their agenda. This revelation occurs either overtly, through conscious awareness, or more covertly, by inundating the subconscious minds of the populace with a continuous flow of symbolic influences. Through this, they gradually obtain implicit consent from the people. Deep down, many individuals sense that something is amiss, even if they are not fully conscious of it. Their conscious minds might be oblivious, but their subconscious, emotional intelligence, and innate sense of divinity are aware. This awareness often stems from the esoteric messages conveyed through the pervasive use of subversive symbolism in various aspects of modern life. The elite's deliberate exposure of their methods via symbolism targets not so much the conscious mind but the deeper essence of an individual, infiltrating every aspect of their mainstream existence. Despite this, the masses continue to participate, often finding their thoughts and emotions in discord. Internally, People may feel the inherent wrongness and artificiality of mainstream life. However, their conditioned minds have been trained to acquiesce, to accept and submit to external narratives, rather than cultivating independent thought and acting from a place of personal truth and authenticity. And now, a word from my sponsor, which is me. Thanks. Moving on. The phenomenon of abulia, or the loss of will, emerges from this ongoing internal conflict between thoughts and emotions. When individuals are consistently torn between their inner feelings and external conditioning, they inadvertently consent through their inaction and lack of objection. They relinquish the initiative to act on their own convictions, inadvertently endorsing the ideologies and principles imposed by others. True agency is realized only when thoughts and emotions are aligned, enabling decisive action. 
This principle aligns closely with an ancient concept often obscured by the elite, the trivium. Derived from Latin, trivium means three ways, or three roads, symbolizing paths leading to truth. It represents a methodology of critical thinking, often described as the balanced integration of thoughts, emotions, and actions. Through mechanisms like educational programming, psychological operations, mass rituals, propaganda, subversive symbolism, and various forms of social engineering, the elite foster a disconnect between the average person's thoughts and emotions. This dissonance hinders unified, harmonious action, rendering inaction in the face of oppression tantamount to consent in the eyes of the elite. To illustrate this with a specific example, let's examine a case where symbolism is used to subtly communicate the agenda of the New World Order. In this instance, the symbolism is not just subliminal, it also appeals to the conscious mind. This particular example involves the use of a well-known Christian motif intentionally selected for its familiarity to a broad audience. The Council on Foreign Relations, established in the early 20th century, aimed to integrate America into the concept of world governance. The symbolism associated with this organization is designed to resonate on multiple levels, engaging both the conscious recognition of familiar motifs and the deeper subconscious associations. I have a whole article on this lovely organization. Um, I will probably link it below somewhere. We'll probably forget it. The Council on Foreign Relations operates as a key globalist think tank, serving as the American counterpart to the Royal Institute for International Affairs. It functions as a crucial instrument for the elite in their pursuit of a unified world government. Comprising influential figures from international finance, business, and government, the CFR exerts its power irrespective of the political figures in office, including the President of the United States. In fact, the Council has historically been a significant source of cabinet and subcabinet personnel in Washington, supplying numerous secretaries of defense, treasuries, state, and CIA directors. The logo of the CFR is revealing of its true intent. But to fully grasp the Council's objectives, let's consider a couple of statements from past members and publications. Admiral Chester Ward, a former member, explicitly stated that the Council's aim is to promote the dissolution of U.S. sovereignty and national independence, merging into a powerful, singular world government. Furthermore, foreign affairs, very creative actually, wow. The official journal of the CFR, described by Time magazine as the most influential journal in print, offers additional insight into the Council's goals. A 1922 article by Philip Kerr in this journal articulates the CFR's perspective on global governance. It suggests that peace and prosperity for humanity are unattainable as long as the world remains divided into numerous independent states, implying a push towards a more centralized, singular global authority. These quotes collectively paint a clear picture of the CFR's role and objectives in shaping global policy and governance. The central issue at hand is the concept of world government. When we scrutinize both the statements and actions of the Council on Foreign Relations, it becomes clear that their primary goal is the establishment of a unified global control system. This intent is not just expressed verbally, but is also evident in their actions, which often speak volumes. To further understand the CFR's intentions... Let's analyze their logo and how it symbolically communicates their agenda. The logo features a white horse surmounting a banner with the Latin inscription ubique, 
Assuming a deliberate message is conveyed here, we would expect symbolism that aligns with the theme of global conquest. Exploring the mythology of the white horse, one significant reference is the four horsemen of the apocalypse, a well-known symbol in Christian eschatology. This motif is described in the book of Revelation, the final book of the New Testament in the Bible. Revelation 6.1.8 describes a book or scroll in God's right hand sealed with seven seals. This imagery intriguingly connects back to our earlier discussion about sigils, as the word sigil is derived from the Latin sigillum, meaning seal. This parallel between the seals in Revelation and the concept of sigils in occult practices hints at a deeper layer of symbolic meaning, potentially aligning with the CFR's overarching ambitions for global dominion. The imagery of a book in God's hand, as described in the book of Revelation, could be interpreted as containing seven sigils, given the symbolic connection to the concept of seals. In this scriptural narrative, Jesus Christ, referred to as the Lamb of God or Lion of Judah, opens the first four of these seven seals, summoning four beings who ride on horses of different colors, white, red, black, and pale. The first being, as described in verses 1 and 2, rides a white horse and is characterized by conquest. This rider is often interpreted as a symbol of conquering forces. Turning our attention to the scroll in the CFR's logo, we see the Latin word, which is an ancient Roman term meaning everywhere. In English, this is akin to ubique, from which we derive ubiquitous, signifying omnipresence or being everywhere simultaneously. Thus, the logo translates to conquest everywhere, or more broadly, a goal of global domination. The CFR's logo, therefore, overtly supports their aim for global governance, openly communicating their agenda and adhering to the principle of revelation of the method. This practice is believed to shield them from the repercussions of natural law by revealing their intentions. Once aware of these symbols, it becomes astonishing to realize how frequently the subconscious minds of ordinary people are bombarded with occult symbolic archetypes, potentially thousands of times a day. This pervasive symbolism shapes perceptions and influences thoughts on a profound, often unrecognized level. The unfolding of these events represents a meticulously orchestrated process. It is only after the public has been systematically conditioned with widespread forgetfulness, manufactured amnesia, weakened willpower, abulia, and general disinterest, apathy, that the full manifestation of the revelation of the method can occur. We are witnessing this phenomenon more explicitly in our current era, an age rich in information and connectivity. Until now, our discussion of symbolism has primarily revolved around its subliminal aspects, where the impact on the observer's mind is not fully within the realm of conscious awareness. This has been exemplified in various instances, with the notable exception of the rather overt symbolism in the CFR logo. The essence of the revelation of the method lies in the complete unveiling of what has been concealed. This strategy involves a gradual transition by the elite, moving from subtly influencing the subconscious minds of the populace to openly declaring their presence and intentions within the collective consensus reality. This emergence can be likened to a metaphorical beast stepping out of the shadows, openly revealing itself to the world. This act signifies the culmination of a vast and intricate psychodrama that has been playing out on a global scale, marking a critical juncture in the narrative shaped by the elite. This shift represents a pivotal moment in the dynamic between the ruling powers and the general populace as previously hidden agendas and influences become increasingly transparent. 
As modern humanity revels in the illusion of its own advancement, buoyed by a sense of unprecedented liberation and technological prowess, the reality is starkly different. The flattering narrative of unparalleled progress and freedom masks a profound transformation, a meticulous alchemical process designed by those in power. This process has aimed to transmute a spiritually connected, self-empowered humanity into mere cogs within a mechanized, materialistic age. People have been subtly conditioned to such an extent that they view the very constraints on their freedom as symbols of liberation. As the agenda for a new world order edges closer to realization, the methods of the elite become increasingly transparent. Their strategy relies heavily on manufactured consent, for a global governance system that starkly opposes the collective will is inherently unstable. The ambition for a unified world control system is not a recent development, but a goal deeply rooted in the annals of human history. The sheer scale of planning and patience invested in this endeavor is staggering. This long game played by the ruling elite involves not just political and economic maneuvers, but also a profound manipulation of collective consciousness and societal norms. This grand strategy spanning centuries seeks to reshape not just the structures of power, but the very essence of human thought and behavior. The notion that the elite would rashly disrupt the fundamental law to which they adhere by accelerating their agenda prematurely is implausible. Consent forms the cornerstone of their grand design, and thus we are witnessing an increased directness in the revelation of the method. In today's digital era, with the widespread availability of information via the internet, a new phase of this process is unfolding. The accessibility of esoteric knowledge, including the understanding of occult symbolism and the broader agenda, has expedited the process of consent harvesting. Now, more than ever, individuals have the opportunity to educate themselves about the deeper workings of our world. Seeking this understanding has become a personal choice available to nearly everyone. This accessibility embodies the true spirit of revelation of the method. It's less about openly declaring the truth and more about providing the means for the truth to be discovered. However, it's crucial to recognize that the elite's use of misinformation, disinformation, and propaganda will persist and evolve in tandem with the prevailing cultural zeitgeist. Even as hidden truths are gradually unveiled, these deceptive practices will continue to shape public perception. In this landscape, truth and falsehood coexist. The discernment of truth depends on each individual's willingness to seek authenticity over the comfort of an artificially constructed reality. The journey towards truth requires a conscious decision to either align with genuine understanding or remain enveloped in a fabricated world tailored by the designs of others. Individuals who have long since awakened from the collective trance are increasingly noticing the self-revelatory actions of the elite. These instances are becoming more frequent and more evident. One of the most prominent arenas for this phenomenon is the entertainment industry, awash with occult symbolism and recurring themes of MK Ultra programming. These motifs have become so pervasive that even mainstream audiences are beginning to acknowledge their presence. The so-called Illuminati influence in the music industry, characterized by symbols like the single eye and pyramid, has entered common consciousness, becoming almost universally recognizable. While the focus on such blatant symbolism can be misleading and serve as a distraction, it inadvertently acknowledges the existence of concealed power structures and sinister agendas. If the elite truly desired to remain entirely hidden, we would expect a decrease in their symbolic footprint. However, the opposite is true. 
the prevalence of these symbols is evidently on the rise. This suggests that the occult elite have an interest in making their influence known, albeit in a veiled manner. A prime example of such revelation is the Snowden Disclosures, which unveiled the extent of surveillance and data collection by governmental agencies. This information brought to light the often invisible machinations of power, aligning with the broader pattern of the elite gradually unveiling their presence and operations. Such revelations, whether through symbols in popular culture or through whistleblowing events, contribute to a growing awareness of the intricate and often hidden dynamics of power in our world. The figure of Edward Snowden, whether a genuine whistleblower or a deliberate creation, has played a pivotal role in gradually acclimating the public to the reality of living in a surveillance state. The release of this information appears to be far from a mere security lapse. Rather, it seems to be a calculated act of disclosure serving multiple purposes. Awareness of constant surveillance alters human behavior. People become more cautious in their actions, words, and even thoughts, always mindful of an overseeing authority. This self-censorship and modified behavior is a form of implicit consent born out of participation without objection or resistance. Such passive acceptance of overt control mechanisms suggests that we can expect more such revelations. The audacity of those who orchestrate societal structures is striking. They confidently reveal their presence and objectives, assured that the majority will either dismiss these disclosures as baseless conspiracy theories or, even if they do believe, will feel too powerless, disintegrated, or demoralized to affect any significant change. This dynamic creates a society where the architects of power can operate in the open, secure in the knowledge that the populace, entranced and fragmented, will either deny the reality of these revelations or accept them with resigned apathy. This state of affairs underscores a critical challenge for contemporary society. Recognizing and understanding the mechanisms of power and control without succumbing to a sense of helplessness or indifference. Esoteric symbolism, while often leveraged for mind control and the generation of consent, also holds the potential for the positive transformation of humanity. Awareness of how these symbols have been subverted is the first step towards immunization against their negative influences. By consciously dissociating these sacred symbols from their corrupted associations with artificiality and authority, Individuals can reconnect with the profound spiritual wisdom that these symbols originally embodied. To usher in this new era, we must resist the crude tactics of manufactured consent and mental subjugation. Our task is to deepen our understanding of the forces of malevolence in this world and to cultivate the inner strength to reject them. We must refuse to surrender our consent, instead trusting and following our own moral compass. It is our birthright as human beings to live, grow, and thrive. Each is a free and unique expression of the life-affirming force within us. By embracing this truth and acting upon it, we contribute to the dawn of a brighter, more peaceful future, honoring the legacy of our ancestors and paving the way for generations to come. Thanks for listening, and I hope you learned something.